You are listening to the audio podcast of Gethsemane Baptist Church, located in Long Beach, California, pastored by Eli Reynolds. Bibles this morning, Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter number 4, and hey, news bulletin, Mrs. DeHaro can sing. Got a great voice, enjoyed that immensely. Mark chapter number 4, I don't know how comfortable I am. We had, we've, I, I like the people sitting down front here, but now we've got some snake lovers right down in the front here, and I'm just not sure, Brother Brian, if I can handle that too much, just... Don't get any of your snake oily hands on me, okay? I just, I'm just kidding. I told her if they sit down here, I'm going to make fun of them. So there you go. The, uh, you, you have been initiated. Thank you for sitting down front, though. And uh, hey, thank you for being here. Don't forget to sign up for something today with that uh, Next Step Sunday. It's good to have the Gutierrez here, uh, Miss Jensen's mom and dad visiting back with us again. I saw the Eskelsons as well here back in town, old I don't want to say old members, that makes it seem like you're old, but uh, I did go to college with their son, so that, that should tell you something. But uh, no, we're glad that you're here. Of course, we had Brother Cole's funeral yesterday, and what a, what a great service. Uh, testimony after testimony of Brother Cole's life, and got to hear over the loudspeaker him singing, uh, you know, it wasn't live, uh, but he sang Ship Ahoy. And I wish we could hear him from heaven singing it, don't you? But uh, he sang that and, and just some great music, great fellowship afterwards. His, his daughters were blessed. They were blessed. And uh, they communicated that many times. And uh, so thank you for showing up. Those of you who could and, and made it there, it was a great service. Um, I do want to say this. As you're getting to Mark chapter number four, and we're starting a new series today, I, I blanked out for a couple seconds because I was writing a note on my sheet, so I don't know if Brother Josh mentioned it, but uh, our budget is out there. In two weeks, we have our budget, uh, our annual business meeting where we vote on the budget. And just as a reminder, for the past several years, we've done it this way, where the meeting is pretty much, at 4.30, we come in and we show you the figures and we vote on the budget. Now, if you have questions, we, we want your questions, but the, the meeting is not the format for that. So we want you to contact myself, call the office, talk to Sherry with any questions you have about the budget. Now, I will warn you as you go see the budget, two things. First of all, inflation. <laughs> it affects everybody, and this affects the church, our electricity and gas and things. So you'll notice there is a bit of an increase, not too significant, but it is a little bit of an increase from last year, which our budget increases every year anyway. If you, secondly, if you would like, now the budget that we put out there, it, for most people, that's what you want to see. You want to see just the bottom line numbers. But if you would like, and some of you do want this, and we have copies of the actual line-by-line line budget. So if you want to see, and, and, and please, we, we, if you want that, we are not trying to hide anything. Come see me. Come see Sherry or Nancy. We'll get that to you. We'd be glad to answer any questions. I just, I, I announce all this because I don't want anybody caught by surprise, and I, and I, and I'm, I, I try to be uber transparent so that's the you know the, the phrase I'll use there so if you have questions about that pick one of those up see me we vote in two weeks on that I am excited to begin today a new series on the parables of Jesus Christ and uh, so we're going to be learning now uh, you say well how many are there I'll tell you in a minute <clears throat> not to say that I'm going to do all of them but uh, we're going to talk about the parables of Jesus and what these are these are stories that change lives and so today we're going to kind of give just a bit of an introduction into the parables 
and talk about that a little bit and then apply some things. And, uh, and, and the first thing I want to look at as we're talking about the parables of Jesus Christ, and again, we're trying to keep Christ as our center, 24-7, living a Christ-centered life. So we're going to be talking about Christ every Sunday morning and his teaching. And the first message I wanted to speak on is this, Jesus, the master teacher. And so look, if you would, at Mark chapter number 4, <clears throat> verse 33. So he has just, Jesus has just finished giving some parables. And in verse 33, it says this, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them as they were able to hear it. But without a parable spake he not unto them. And when they were alone, he expounded all things to his disciples. Now, this, these verses are important. We're going to come back here. But there was a point in Jesus' ministry where he started communicating with people other than his disciples in only parables. Why? We're going to look at that. But take your Bible, hold your place here. We're going to look at two passages of Scripture, and so we're going to flip back and forth. Go to Matthew 13. Matthew 13, if you'll go back there, Matthew chapter 13, and we're going to look at verses 33 and 34. So this is a parallel passage of what we just read. So in other words, it's, it's the same event taking place, but sometimes one gospel sheds more light on what happened than the other. And of course, if you're reading Mark, you know, the theme is like, get it done. You know, like the, it's such a quick book. It's like action-packed. It's 16 chapters, just full of action, and uh, certainly uh, the shortest gospel there. But in Matthew chapter 13, if you're looking at verse number 33, again, he had just used all these parables and in verse 33, he says this, Another parable spake he unto them, The kingdom of heaven is like unto leaven, which a woman took and hid in three measures of meal till the whole was leavened. That was a parable. Maybe a mini parable, <clears throat> but he gave one. Verse 34, All these things spake Jesus unto the multitude in parables, and without a parable spake he not unto them that it might be fulfilled which was spoken by the prophet, saying, I will open my mouth in parables, which was in the book of Psalms, by the way, Psalm 78 too. I will utter things which have been kept secret from the foundation of the world. So we're going to look at what this is talking about, but remember our theme, Christ-centered life, Christ-centered life. There are over 250 parables in the Bible. Now some of you are second thought, 250 of Jesus? Pastor, you're doing a 250-week series? Yes. No, I'm not. I'm just kidding. That, that's way too much, right? We, but, uh, but the parables of Christ, about 30 that he spoke. And, uh, and, and you'll find Jesus' parables <clears throat> Excuse me, in the synoptic gospels. You may have heard that term before, synoptic gospels. What's that? The synoptic gospels are Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Why do they call them the synoptic gospels? It means to see together with a common view. In other words, Matthew, Mark, and Luke are very similar in structure and content. John, the, the, the book of John is its own thing. There are no parables in the book of John. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke is where you find Christ's parables. John was a completely different animal than the other three, right? And so when you, even when you read 1st, 2nd, 3rd John, they're different. And they're beautiful and they're, and they're wonderful. John is one of my favorite books of the Bible. 
But the parables of Christ we will look at are in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. Some parables are long, some parables are famous, and some, like we just saw, are many or minor parables. And, and sometimes Jesus just used parabolic language. He uses language like, a certain man you know, did this, and it is like unto this. And so uh, uh, that's kind of the language Jesus is, is using here. And these verses that we're going to look at are showing us a point where Jesus got to a point in his ministry where he is now exclusively using parables as a way of teaching. So I want to explain that to us, why, why he did that, what it means to us, and we'll jump in here. Father, let's, let's pray together. Father, bless now, I pray. The moments that we have seem to me to be so short in church, but I'm sure to everyone here it probably seems long. But God, I, I pray that over these next few minutes that, that I have to, to try to get across some truth that you have laid upon my heart, God, I don't want to get in your way. I don't want to say what I shouldn't say. I don't, want to, I don't want to labor on things that are not important. Help me to get to the good stuff. And I pray that you would just speak with your people today and change us. Lord, we love you. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. By way of introduction, we're going to look at the what, the who, and the why. First of all, what is a parable? <clears throat> what is a parable? The classic definition of a parable is this. It is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning, sometimes it's like a simile. A simile is something where you say, this is like this. Sometimes it's an analogy, but it's always used as a teaching point for Jesus. He didn't just tell stories for the sake of telling stories, like, you know, Uncle Joe does or whatever. He's telling stories for the sake of teaching you and I something. So when he's telling a story and he's telling this, this uh, parable, it is an earthly story that is helping to reveal a heavenly truth. <clears throat> and many of the truths that he was telling people were new to them because he was revealing aspects of his kingdom. So I'm kind of getting ahead of myself, but what is a parable? It's an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Secondly, who were parables for? The first group of people that Jesus gave parables for was his disciples. He was teaching his disciples. He taught them and many others who followed him. He used visual aids. He said, look at this bird. Look at these flowers. Look at this here. He used visual aids quite a lot, but he began to speak in parables, revealing things, first to his disciples, but also to the common man. When he would go speak in a town or a city, he would oftentimes use a parable in his teaching so the common people could help them to understand deeper truths. But I also believe Jesus used parables for us. <clears throat> he used parables for us. What is a parable? Earthly story, heavenly meaning. Who is it for? This is disciples, common people, and for us as well. But why did Jesus use parables? You're looking at Matthew chapter 13. Go back uh, to verse number 10, please. <clears throat> Matthew 13, 10. So Jesus just gave a parable. In verse 3, it talks about, Behold, a sower went forth to sow. So he, he begins this story. He finishes the story by, in verse 9, by, Who hath ears to hear, let him hear. What does that mean? Well, everybody's got ears, right? He's only talking to people that can hear? No. He's saying, for those who are listening and want it, let them hear the truth of this. So his disciples, though, because Jesus gave this parable and he did not give an interpretation of it. So look at verse 10. And, his, and the disciples came and said unto him, why speakest thou unto them in parables? He answered and said unto them, 
Look at this, this answer. Because it is given unto you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven, but to them it is not given. For whosoever hath, to him shall be given, and he shall have more abundance. But whosoever hath not, from him shall be taken away even that he hath. Therefore speak I to them in parables, because they, seeing, see not, and hearing, they hear not. Neither do they understand. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah, who is the Old Testament prophet Isaiah, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand, and seeing ye shall see, and shall not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing, and their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their eyes and hear with their ears, and should understand with their heart, and should be converted, and I should heal them. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For verily I say unto you that many prophets and righteous men have desired to see those things which ye see, and have not seen them. And to hear those things which ye hear and have not heard them. So what is he saying there? He's saying, look, man, there are people out there that are not hearing what I have to say. They're not going to understand the parable. They're not going to understand my teaching because they're doing this. They don't want to hear. They want to be dull of heart. They want to be blind. They, they like their life. And so Jesus says, for them that don't have anything, it's taken away what they even have. What is he saying? He's saying those that don't want it don't have the truth, and they don't want the truth. So God's going to take that truth and give it to the people that, that want to understand it and hear it. And so that's the explanation of what he's saying here. And he's saying, hey, Isaiah even prophesied there would be people like this. And then he says, and you know what? There's been a lot of people that have lived and walked on this earth, prophets and people of God, who would have loved to see the Messiah come to earth and heal people. Who would have loved to sit at the, on, on the mount during the Sermon of the Mount and heard Jesus preach to people? They would have loved to hear that. They were, they were looking for that day, but they didn't get to hear it. They didn't get to see it. And yet there are people all around us who want nothing to do with what Jesus has to say. They want nothing to do when Jesus is on the mount preaching, when Jesus is healing people. Hey, you know, he's the, he's, he does this by the power of the devil. They're rejecting the message of Christ. So he, he's, he's asking, I like the disciples ask the same question. Why does he speak in parables? And it says there in verse 11, the disciples were given the gift of knowing some things that others weren't because they had the inside track there. They were with Christ. Let me give you a few reasons why I believe Jesus was using parables. First of all, because he's the master teacher. He is the master teacher. Great teachers know the power of pictures and stories. Most of the time, the messages you remember in church probably has something to do with a picture or a story. Why do I have a picture on the screen of some beautiful vine plant thing coming off to the side here? Honestly, it's just to help us remember. We live in the 21st century where, there's, where uh, you know, we can have any picture we want right here on our phone. and there, We have a, a TV that shows us pictures all the time. We are visual learners. And sometimes, and Christ knew, you know, he didn't have a PowerPoint presentation. But what did he have? Oh, he had everything he created. He could say, take this bird. He could have just been like, Psh, and made the bird. But he didn't. You know, and he said, look at the flowers and the lilies, how they toiled. And, and he used around him all the things that he created. You, you, can you imagine, long before the world was created, God knew 
that he would use that, that very flower to give an illustration that's still in the book of Matthew? You realize that God grew the tree that was made the cross where he was crucified? He did all that. He knew what was going on. And he's using these parables because he's a great teacher. We can teach things, but painting a picture in someone's mind leaves an indelible mark. And he knew that. For instance, think about this. You could say, hey, Jesus will forgive you and he will welcome you back. Hey, that's a great truth, right? We, we would all say amen to that. Jesus forgives. But then he gives us an illustration, a parable of a son that leaves his father, takes all that he has, goes off, does his own thing, and the world is tricked by the devil. Now he's eating pig food. And the son says, didn't I have it better with my dad? And he goes back to his dad expecting to go grovel at his dad's feet. And here's the picture. The father comes out, sees his son, and runs to him. Boy, that picture is better than just, God forgives people. The story works. Helps you to understand the truth. It helps the truth to sink in. It also helps us to remember the truth. Not only just understand the truth, but, but to remember the truth as well. You know, I've preached in some other churches and things, and, and I've told illustrations, and then later on I see some of those teenagers I preach to the people, and, and specifically teenagers will be like, hey, you're the roller coaster guy, aren't you? I'm like, what? And I, oh, yeah, that's right. I told a story about a roller coaster I went on one time. And I've had people, we just had the, uh, that group from West Coast, whoever came and helped in, in our church for a little bit, some of those young people, and they did a great job. And uh, one of the guys was like, did you preach a message about throwing Jonah overboard? where you took a dummy and threw it into the audience? And I said, yes, I did. That was me. I'm the dummy. I mean, I'm the guy who preached on the dummy, you know? But, but what are they saying? And I'm just happy they don't know me. They couldn't have picked me out of a lineup, didn't know my name. But I'm happy they remembered some truth. And that's why I did those illustrations, to help them remember. I'm just happy they remembered anything about the message, right? But Jesus did the, uh, the parables because he's the master teacher. But also, he used parables... Listen to this now, to hide some truths. Well, why would Jesus want to hide truths? John chapter 16, verse 12 says this. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say unto you, but ye cannot bear them now. Wow, that's an interesting statement. Jesus knows that some people can't handle the truth. <laughs> he knows what you can handle where you are. See, there's some spiritual truths that some of you need to learn, but you're not ready to learn them yet. You need to go through some more stuff. You got to go back to the school that Jesus has you going through. Because he's wanting to teach you some things, but before he teaches you some things, he's got to put you through some things. Oftentimes we view oh, these trials, these tribulations. Maybe the Lord is trying to teach you something. Maybe he's getting you to the place where you're ready to learn. And so what does he do? He's teaching things. Jesus is teaching things that are new. Remember in Matthew chapter Five, where he says, ye have heard how it hath been said, but I say unto you. He said it like five times. He said, you've heard this all your life, but I'm here to tell you that we're going to take it up a notch. And here's what it means. And so often the things he, were, he was preaching were new. They were startling truths to people. So Jesus, for some people, was revealing truth gradually, helping them to grasp it. It was like he was talking to children in some forms. 
For some, he was, he was not really hiding the truth, but he was, he was showing them gradually. But for others, he was simply hiding the plainness of his teaching. But why would he do that? Why is he preaching in parables and interpreting them privately to his, to his disciples? Look back at Matthew chapter 13 again, and, and look what it says in verse 14. And in them is fulfilled the prophecy of Isaiah. So Isaiah prophesied about this long ago, which said, By hearing ye shall hear, and shall not understand. Seeing ye shall see, and not perceive. For this people's heart is waxed gross, and their ears are dull of hearing. And here's the phrase, And their eyes they have closed, lest at any time they should see with their ears, and so on and so forth. So uh, Isaiah prophesied of, a, 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 of Jesus speaking in parables because the people would be hard-hearted, because the people uh, uh, would be spiritually blind, because why? Because they turned away from God. They turned away from the truth. And by the way, who was the chief uh, 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 guilty party here? The Pharisees. The religious teachers of the day were ruining Judaism by coming up with extra laws and extra things you had to do and extra ways you had to do this and do that and, and earn God's love and all these type of things, they were adding to what God had said. And so many people just got to the point where they just were blinded to God. They would rather choose the form of religion than Jesus himself. And because of that, they closed their eyes. They, in the previous chapter, chapter 12, the Pharisees rejected the Messiah. And we know, how many times can you reject Christ before the message is just taken away? Because you have chosen to blind yourself. Those who wanted to know and receive his teaching could. But those who chose disobedience, ignorance, and rejection of his message would not understand. So Jesus used parables here just basically because some people did not want to hear the truth. And he said, okay, then you won't. But then also Jesus used parables, obviously, to reveal some truth. The parables were used for teaching. He was teaching divine truths about his kingdom that they did not know. Now, back in Mark chapter 4, did you hold your place there? Would you go back to Mark chapter 4 for a second and notice what he says? And I'm going to give you just two, at the end of this, I'm going to give you two just thoughts to take home with you about what, what this message should mean for you and me today. In Mark chapter number 4, look back at verse number 33. And it says there, Mark 4, 33, And with many such parables spake he the word unto them. So what was he speaking when he spoke the parables? He was speaking the word unto them. Did you catch that? What, so what does that mean? He was teaching doctrine. He wasn't just telling a story for the sake of telling a story. He was teaching doctrine. So he was revealing truth to them. To, to who? To those who wanted to receive it. If you wanted it, you could get it. And you know the truth is still true today. If you want it, come and get it. If you want it, he'll show it to you. God, I want the truth. Okay, he'll give you the truth. But you've got to do something with the truth if you want more truth. And so he's, if you have a genuine hunger for God, God speaks to you. God wants to speak to you, and God will speak to you. But if you have no hunger for God and you have an unbelieving heart, God wants to speak to you. 
but you won't hear it anyway. He said, well, I'm at church. There's not going to be me. Yeah, at church. Say, how do you know that? Because I was one. I was one sitting at church with no hunger to really know what God said because I liked the way I was living. And God's truths were inconvenient truths for me. And so you know what? God didn't have much to say to me until I did something with the very thing he had already told me to do, which was get right with me. So today I want to just give you two thoughts as, as, as we're starting this message on parables. The first thought is simply this. Jesus is trying to teach you. He's trying to teach you something. In Mark chapter 4, where we are, look at verse 34. But without a parable spake he not unto them, and when they were alone, he expounded all things to who? His disciples. You see, Jesus was always trying to teach his disciples, then and now. He's always trying to teach his disciples. You know, there's people that ask me from time to time, Pastor, why am I going through this? Pastor, why? And, and they're not complaining with them. Pastor, why, why me? What, what's going on? What, what is happening here? What's the answer to what I'm facing? And I just have to be dead honest with them and say, I don't know. I don't know. We came to you for wisdom. Pastor, what do you got? I got nothing. I don't know. But I do know, I do know this, that whatever you're going through, God is trying to teach you something with what you're going through. Maybe it wasn't God's original plan to have you go through what you're going through, but we live in a fallen world, and we also have consequence for our decisions. And we have a devil that's actively fighting us, and we know that God lets things happen to us. He let a lot of stuff happen to Job. But as we go through that, we also have faith in the God that, that, that talks about it in Romans 8, 20. We know that all things work together for good. Well, so what is that saying? It's saying that, yeah, God, you know, the, the original plan was not for us to live this way. But because we have, Jesus is still able to take what you're going through and make it into something good. He can take the worst situation and teach you a truth out of it that could change your life. So he is absolutely trying to teach you. Every time you open the Bible, he's trying to teach you. Every time you come to church, he's trying to teach you. Every time you sit in Sunday school class, he's trying to teach you. Every time you have Wednesday night church and you're here and you're listening to the Bible study, he's trying to teach you, but it's not just in those situations. He's also trying to teach you in every trial you go through. He's also trying to teach you every situation you find yourself in that, that you didn't put yourself in, but you're there. He is always teaching because he's the master teacher. And he's trying to help us get to that level of growth. So can I ask you today, what's he trying to teach you? Pastor, I'm going through this, I'm going through that. I, I, I can't tell you the lesson you need to learn. But God can. And I've learned long ago that when I'm going through something, to turn my face to heaven and say, Lord, if I'm going through this because you're trying to teach me something, help me to learn it soon. Because I want to get out of this situation. Help me to learn it now. Jesus is trying to teach you. Here's the thing about that. The longer you spend with him, the more he teaches you. God, teach me something. You got three minutes till I got to leave for work. Friend, you're not going to get anything. 
Jesus is not on our timetable. He's, he's eternal. He's got the time. He can wait. You and I can, right? So when we are able to slow down and be still and know that he's God, what does that mean? We slow down, we get still, and we say, okay, God, I've got nowhere to go. Here I am. I'm ready. Speak, thy servant heareth. That's what we ought to do. Let me grab my microphone back there for a second. But that's what it's talking about. Take the time to say, Lord, I'm not rushing you. I genuinely want to know, what do you have? What, what, what is the thing I'm supposed to be learning? Am I just supposed to be running to you with all my troubles? Am I supposed to spend more time in prayer? Is there a lesson here? Jesus is trying to teach you. But secondly, here it is. You have to be teachable. That's the lesson. He's trying to teach you, but you have to be teachable. Why did these people not understand? Why did these people not, not get the message? They all heard it. Can you imagine hearing Jesus speak? Can you imagine, like, you hear me every week. What a step up that would be to hear Jesus Christ speak weekly, daily. And then to go, no, I don't think so. What? I, ca I can't imagine that. I cannot, I cannot imagine that. I've heard some great preachers and speakers in my day. None of them could hold a candle to Jesus. And yet there were people in his day, he came into his own and his own received him not. They, they saw the light of the world and they said, well, we'd rather have the darkness. What? That shows that no matter how bright the light is, no matter how great the truth is, some people just will not believe. Oh, that should encourage you. Well, sometimes it's a discouraging thought that should encourage you because sometimes you can witness and witness and witness and work on people. And they're just, no, I don't want it, I don't want it. Yeah, keep witnessing, keep sharing the gospel, but realize that's not on you. you. You keep witnessing and you keep sharing the gospel, yes, and you pray for that person that God would change their heart, but some people would rather have the darkness than light. That's really a sad thing. Do you realize, uh, when we're talking about being teachable, do you realize how hard it is to teach someone who doesn't want to learn? Ever do that? Parents, ever teach a kid who doesn't want to learn? We have school teachers in here from our school and from other schools as well. I taught English. <sighs> I just had some PTSD remembering it, but I taught English and Bible for several years in our school. I taught Bible for 15 years. I taught English for, I think, four years, five years, something like that. I taught PE. I taught computer for a little while. I don't know what I'm doing on computers, but, but uh, you know, I gave it my best. I studied. I prepared. I knew my stuff. I tried to make it fun. I tried to get the students interested. But there were some students that had just decided not to learn. And guess what? They didn't learn. And I still hate them. No, I'm kidding. But... Uh, but they had decided, I'm not going to learn. It's just like the people that, that refused Jesus' teaching because they were pricked in their hearts. Remember when Stephen preached? And the people were so convicted. And instead of just being like, man, that's me. That's, you're talking about me. I need to repent of my sins. They said, we're going to bite you and push you and stone you. They just chose the wrong path because they had chosen blindness for so long. They reject, look, they get mad at God later, but they were the ones rejecting the truth. 
How can we reject God's truth and then get mad at God later for not telling us the truth? You rejected it. You said no, and then you're like, God, why didn't you? No, you said no. He gave you what you wanted. And by the way, if you read Romans chapter 1, that's the worst punishment we can get is when God gives us what we want. And it's the worst thing we can get. In order to learn, you have to listen. You have to listen. Are you listening? God's talking. Are you listening? God's teaching. In order to learn, you have to think. Yes, God wants his people to think. Let my people think. God knows your capabilities. God knows your capacities. God knows what you can handle. God knows mentally what you can handle. God knows emotionally what you can handle. God knows where you're at. And he will only give you what you can handle. And that's what he'll do. But the thing is, you have to accept that truth. Are you accepting the truth he's already taught you? Because here's the thing. When you accept truth, God gives you more truth. But if God's given you truth and you won't accept it and you won't listen to it, why would he give you more? So you have to take the truth that God is teaching you and you have to do something with it. God, I want answers for this problem. Well, what about the answer he gave you for the last one that you're not doing anything with? Why would he continue to do that? No, you got to go back to square one and get back to what he was trying to teach you. There's a phrase I've been saying a lot in my prayer time, and I've actually said this to a few people this week, just giving them encouragement. I've been saying this to the Lord recently. Frequently, recently. Those are two words I was about to combine there. I've been saying, Lord, and I didn't know how to express it better than this. I said, Lord, I want my radio open to all frequencies. What I mean by that, not is like, I want to hear what the Mormons say, and I want to hear what the, no, no, no. I don't want to hear what everybody has to say here. When it comes to my spiritual life, I want to hear what God has to say. And what I mean by open to all frequencies is, God, I want to be open and listening for you to speak any way you want to speak to me. See, we think God speaks through this. You are right. If you want to hear God speak to you, open the Bible. Okay, that's it. If you want to hear, I said recently, if you want to hear God speak to you in tongues, read a Bible in Spanish. But one pastor, I heard one pastor say that, or one teacher. That's great. But here's the thing. God doesn't just speak here. God can speak to you as you're walking past someone on the street. God can speak to you when you get in that car accident. God can speak to you as you drive down the freeway. God can speak to you at home. God can, has God ever spoken to you, some of your parents, through your kids? Some of the most convicting truths God has ever taught me has come out of the mouth of babes. And I'm like, you know what? You, oh, God's right. He's right. Oh, my soul. I did it. You're right. God, just thinking on that relationship, God has totally just taught me things. But here, here's the thing. Sometimes I'm doing this. Until I open my Bible, then I'm like, I'm ready, God. And maybe he's been speaking to me for five days about something, but I'm not ready to hear it because I just thought only the Bible, only church. No, God wants to speak to us in many ways. And I want to encourage you to say, God, I want my radio, my heart to be open to all frequencies. Any way you want to speak to me in any format, I'm listening. 24-7, 
living a Christ-centered life. 24-7 listening for Jesus. Jesus has always taught those who wanted to be taught and who wanted to receive his truth. So can I ask you this morning, do you want to receive the truth? Do you want that teaching? And here's the thing with any teacher. If you're going to learn something from a teacher, you've got to be close enough to hear. You've got to be close enough to hear. And I wonder today, are we close enough to God to hear him speak to us? And he's going he's gonna to talk through his word to you. He, he's going to talk through church. He's going to talk through kids. He's going to talk through your parents. He's going to talk through many different ways. Are we listening? He's trying to teach us. Are we teachable? Are you listening to God today? Is your radio open to all channels, all frequencies? And maybe today you're going through some things and you need to say, God, I just want to know what are you telling me to do? But here's the thing. When he tells you, better do it. Because why would he tell you anything else if you're not going to do what he already told you to do? So let's trust him. God, teach me. Father, I pray that you'd bless us today. I pray, God, that we would be willing to listen. We would be willing to think. We'd be willing to hear.